Last Friday on SmackDown, the season premiere was actually pretty solid. However, this past Monday on Raw, did their season premiere live up to the hype? Did they follow suit? Well, we're about to find out. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning into this video, my name is James Porcelli, and welcome to another edition of Rootless Talk. So you guys know, man, today is another Monday Night Raw review. Today's episode is all about Monday Night Raw and their big season premiere. We talked SmackDown this past weekend about their season season premiere, as well as Monday Night Raw the week before as well. You know, SmackDown was somewhat pretty darn solid. And you can thank, of course, freaking Roman Reigns and everything else from that show. But now it's Monday Night Raw's turn. You know, now we're still getting closer and closer to Survivor Series. We're inching our way closer to the end of this calendar year. And this is where business needs to start picking up. And it starts with this show. Did they follow suit? We're about to find out as we're going to jump straight into this review. There is no time to waste as hopefully I want to try to get this done under an hour for you guys. That is the the goal, hopefully. But hopefully everybody is enjoying their Tuesday or their Wednesday. I'm sure there's a lot of you guys that are probably watching this by Wednesday or Thursday or later on this week. So whenever you are tuning in, man, hopefully you guys are enjoying these reviews. Hope you guys enjoy this review as well as many episodes to come. Uh, before I do jump into this review, man, um, I put up a an Instagram story. I put up an Instagram story about the same similar question that I went off went off the air uh, from previous episode, and that was the whole discussion about Roman Reigns and who he should be facing at WrestleMania 40. And a lot of you guys have answered from that poll and a lot of you guys said it was Cody Rhodes you know the four options of course was Cody Rhodes but then you also had The Rock as well as LA Knight I even threw a CM Punk in there which is still pretty much up in the air at this point now is it unlike is it the most unlikely option out of all of them absolutely of course uh, but a lot of you guys think that Cody Rhodes you guys want to see Cody Rhodes face Roman Reigns at Wrestlemania and you think that he should be the guy to, to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. So thank you to everybody who uh, participated in that poll. I highly appreciate you guys as well. Um, as Make sure you guys stay tuned as we have a very special event coming up for Survivor Series. Um, that will be announced when Brian Thomas is back on, back on the show, which will be the very first week of November as Crown Jewel is coming up in the next two weeks. Uh, so make sure you guys stay tuned for that as that is going to be a very big special event that is being planned that is being in the works so that'll be announced in the next couple of weeks when brian thomas is back that'll be the first week of november so make sure you guys stay tuned for that as we are gearing up for survivor series wwe's next big pay-per-view before we go into uh into the holiday season man so in the very last thing before we get into this raw review band you know i also uh spoke out also on our instagram as well as our other platforms um, about you guys, man, about what you guys want to see more of uh, when it comes to these episodes, when it comes to these shows, man. You know, I put up a poll as well about, you know, do you guys enjoy more of the SmackDown and Raw reviews? Do you guys also enjoy more of the NXT AW reviews that we put on, on as well as the interviews 
as well as other stuff that we that we talk about on the show. And yeah, man, so we you know we want to just give you guys the best quality content, the content that you guys want to hear and the and the content that you guys want us uh, to talk about. So I do appreciate everybody that participated in that poll as well. So, you know, and make sure you guys keep us keep us posted, man. You know, let us know what you guys want to see. It seems like a lot of you guys from that previous poll that was posted on our Instagram, seems like a lot of you guys do enjoy these SmackDown and Raw reviews. And and guess what, man? They're going to keep coming. So glad you guys have been enjoying these SmackDown and Raw reviews as much as me, as well as Brian enjoyed dishing that out to all of you guys. So appreciate all of you guys for always tuning in and all and participating in that poll. But again, thank you to everybody who participated in that poll. And uh, just stay tuned for more content, man, as of course we got Crown Jewel coming up, Survivor Series, and then WrestleMania season, man, is going to be right around the corner uh, before we freaking know it. So, uh, but let us dive straight into this review, man. This was the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. Did it live up to the hype that SmackDown was able to deliver because SmackDown was a pretty solid show this past Friday. And now it's time to see if Monday Night Raw delivers suit, if it follows suit. Did it do such? Let's find out. Monday Night Raw. This was October 16, 2023, live in Oklahoma City. Our number one of our season premiere of Monday Night Raw starts off with Sami Zayn as Sami Zayn starts off the show. Um, as he's very conflicted about this whole Kevin Owens departure as Kevin Owens, of course, I didn't mention it um, a whole lot or hardly even off, or hardly at all um, from our last episode. So Sami Zayn is pretty much on an island, probably pretty much an island on his own as he's very conflicted. He's upset. However, he's very excited for Kevin Owens. He thinks he's going to do big things as well as for himself. You know, now this is a way to prove to everybody that he is a main event. He's a main event worthy contender a main event player for that world championship on on monday night raw as the judgment day interrupts because what's a monday night raw show guys without the judgment day and Sami Zayn inserted into a segment especially at the start and the end of the show so you know and i'm gonna get into all that in just a second man but um, you know, they state, listen, you know, we, you know, whenever we see people on their own, we want to recruit them. We want to bring them under our wing. But for you, we want to take you out permanently. But Jay Uso, main event Jay Uso makes the save. He brings out some steel chairs. He hands one to, to Sami Zayn. Uh, the Judgment Day retreat. Um, and, you know, Uso makes his way for the save. They stand tall in the middle of the ring. Um, and that and that is your segment. So and then before uh, our before our first matchup, I should say, you know, backstage, you had Sami Zayn and Jey Uso. It seems like they had some little bit of hint of a little bit of tension between the two as, you know, Sami Zayn, he's conflicted. He's like, listen, I'm happy for you, but I'm also upset like Kevin Owens is no longer here because of you. And it seemed like there was a lot of tension and Jey Uso kind of just walked off and they ended up just hugging and kissing and be like, yeet, right? <laughs> Right, freaking that's that's the big that's the big thing now is it's there's yeah and there's yeah right so um so they just end up hugging and kissing just shortly within seconds so that's so that's the start man guys like what what's what what's what what's what's there to talk about hmm? what what is there to talk about the tension between Zane and and Jay Uso that just got resolved within five seconds um what else we have the Judgment Day. And Sami Zayn in the same segment that we've been getting for fucking weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Do you want me to keep going? I'll keep going for weeks and weeks and weeks and freaking 
weeks. And now the only difference is, guys, is you take out a Kevin Owens and you put in an insert of freaking Jey Uso. And you mix in a Cody Rhodes, a little bit of American Nightmare in there. And it's still the same. It's still the same hot fucking garbage. And and that's and that's it, bro. That's it's just, guys. I, I don't know what you want me to say. You know, I mean, it's it's not just me being negative. It's not just me like just just trashing shit just to trash it. Like I'm just reviewing what I have in my notes and from this show. Sami Zayn comes out, right? He 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 says some words about Kevin Owens. He misses Kevin Owens, and now I'm all alone. But I'm gonna prove myself that I'm a a, a main event player. That, that I'm worthy for a world championship. And, and then the Judgment Day interrupts or they start the show or freaking vice versa. Nothing, guys, has, is different. It's the same fucking shit. The same, the same freaking lackluster theme song that starts the show off that just wants to put you to fucking sleep, right? The same graphic, the same. How is this? How, I don't understand how this screams a season premiere. I just, I just don't, especially the way you start this show off, wasting 20 to 25 minutes of our lives that we're probably never going to get back ever. Just starting with the same people in the same segment every single fucking time. And, now, and then you had the whole tension shtick with Jey Uso and Sami Zayn. I'm like, okay, there's a li- okay, there's at least something. There's a conversation. And that shit just gets resolved within the snap of a finger. And I'm just like... Uh, okay, <laughs> like guys, like what, what's there to talk about, bro? I, there's nothing to fucking talk about at all. It is pure laziness. It is the bare fucking minimum. It is the gum underneath Triple H's Paul Levesque freaking show. That's what it is. Um, and, and yeah, man. So and and that's and you know people. I'm sure we're probably, oh, Jay or Sami Zayn, he's on his own now. Can't wait to see what he does. Well, you know what he's going to be doing, guys? He's going to be inserted. He's still going to be inserted with the freaking Judgment Day. That's what he's going to freaking do. Nothing's going to change with Sami Zayn's booking from now all the way, at least up until, at least by the end of this year, at the bare minimum. That, that, that's what you're getting. <laughs> Does it matter if, Co- if if Kevin Owens is 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 by his side? Does it matter if Jey Uso's by his side? Does it matter if Cody Rhodes is? By- it doesn't fucking matter. It's gonna be the same shtick with Sami Zayn and ever. And I said it not too long ago. You know, having or making comparisons with LA Knight. Right? It seems like LA Knight is gonna be having another or a big key matchup with Roman Reigns uh, in the future. Is that gonna be a Crown Jewel Royal Rumble? Who freaking knows? But. But it seems like to me, man, like it's the same trajectory that Sami Zayn was freaking on. Sami Zayn was freaking white hot being a part of that whole bloodline shtick and facing Roman Reigns at Elimination Chamber. Now, was now was that decision to have Roman Reigns go over was the right decision? Yes, it was. But ha- but the, the, the problem of that was, man, ever since then, Sami Zayn has never been the same since. Sure, he had a he had a really cool moment defeating the Usos with Kevin Owens and winning the tag titles at Mania. But that was that was Sami Zayn's peak. Walking into his hometown in 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 Canada, right? And and that was it. That that was that was Sami Zayn's freaking peak, bro. And Sami Zayn's stock has never been the same since. Even that moment that he got at WrestleMania, it has never been the same since. Ever since they won those titles, 
it has been a straight fucking decline because they have had no idea what to do with those with those fucking titles. And and we're gonna speaking of tag titles, we're gonna get to those in just a second later on in this main event. But that but that's it, bro. This is what you're gonna see Sami Zayn do for the test of time. Just be alongside Jey Uso, Cody doing the same segments in the same shtick. And it's going to lead to war games, possibly, right? Who the f- uh, Right. Awesome. <laughs> Moving on, as I th- keep throwing my fucking pen here. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ricochet in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Match time was 11 minutes. This was actually a very entertaining match. And, you know, <laughs> this is coming from a guy that, you know, just last week or, yeah, just last week, honestly, or last episode, I was like, okay, like you're going to insert Shinsuke and Ricochet in this in a match again. Like it's like, like what else is there? What else is there that this that these two can do that I haven't already seen? Well, if you put them in a false count anywhere match, I mean, shoot. I mean, that's at least for what they were given, at least for what they were given. This was this was darn solid. I mean, they brought the fight back to gorilla position. I thought it would have been hilarious. And and this is this you could call this nitpicking or whatever. I don't give a shit. But it would have been even cooler just to see like, you know, Triple H and every and all the other suits and ties back in gorilla and it would have just made it would have made the scene, it would have made the visual that much more realistic instead of just like having everybody escort out of the area because well, you know, they're going to they want Shinsuke and and Ricochet having that area to brawl, which I get it. I get, I understand why they would escort everybody out of that area, but man, I would have just loved it if they would have taken up another notch and just added that layer, like have Triple H back there and be like, oh snap, like I didn't know they were going to come back here, you know, and just make, I don't know, just, that's just a little, little minor detail. You can call that nitpicking, but that's just, you know, that's just how I dissect this shit, man. You know, that shit is what it is. Um, but still, man, that doesn't take away from what this, from what this overall match was. And it was, it was entertaining for what it was, man. I'm not, not going to freaking lie to you. Uh, again, they're back in gorilla position. They bring the fight through the crowd. Um, you know, Ricochet hit a, sh- hit a shooting star press from the, there was like a balcony or a part of the, or part of the, um, part of the crowd, um, through the open door or whatever from the section of the arena. And he does a shooting star press onto the floor and onto Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke brought out the nunchucks again. I thought that was freaking awesome again. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura sends Ricochet through a table, followed by a Kinshasa onto the outside. Shinsuke Nakamura picks up the W, pinning Ricochet for the one, two, and three. So Shinsuke Nakamura wins this match, which again, he obviously is the right call. You, You can't have Shinsuke with what he's got rocking with right now after losing two world heavyweight title matches and then just losing to Ricochet the week prior. Like, no, absolutely not. Um, Look, now here's the thing, right? Now, listen, for what this match was, it was fine in the moment, right? It was for in the moment. It was fun for what it was, but now long-term. Now, now we're thinking, now we're thinking weeks ahead now. What did this really do for Shinsuke? Right. It seems like and hopefully he's finally done with this whole ricochet stuff. Right. Hopefully. But now you're thinking, okay, like, did this grow Shinsuke stock any any more than it did going into this said match? Right. He couldn't get the job done twice. 
with the World Heavyweight Championship, and now he's and now he beats Ricochet. It's like a some sort of consolation prize. And even for Ricochet too, man, even though he put on a, a decent performance as well, right? You know, he, he busted out all the freaking all the maneuvers, the shooting star press, which was the biggest highlight of the night. But we've seen Ricochet do this before, right? I, I mean, of course, these are matches and these are moments that you have him, you know show his strengths right which is his freaking in-ring ability and him doing stuff that not a lot of people can freaking do in that ring but you know what what is this also doing for ricochet as well like okay now he's he's lost to shinsuke again so what what is like where does now ricochet go from here because that's the thing man like this the ricochet match with logan paul did more for him than it did for this match, guys. I'm I'm just I'm just being honest for, with you. And even for Rick, even for Shinsuke Nakamura, like I don't know where Shinsuke freaking goes from here. I mean, it remains to be seen. We'll find out next week. But I just I don't know. It's just I don't feel like Shinsuke's stock grew any bigger than it did going into this match because he already lost the big one, which was the world title match. And now he's beating Ricochet again, but because he's already beaten Ricochet. The only difference is this was a false count anywhere match. Now I, I get it. The match was entertaining. It was fine for what it was. It's totally fine. But I don't know, man. Just right out of the gate where where, where he's once again wrestling Ricochet uh, for a season premiere too. Uh, it's just uh, come on. We can do better, bro. <laughs> we can we can do better. But listen, you know. I digress, man. The match for what it was, was fine, you know, for 11 minutes for what these two were given, they did a tremendous job for what they were, for what they were given to do or what they were told to do. And both, both men did a tremendous job. So good stuff. Shinsuke winning was the right call. Not sure where they go now from here, but I guess we'll soon find out. Um, up next, Piper Niven uh, versus Natalia, Natty Neidhart in a singles match. Uh, Piper Niven defeats Natalia just via her crossbody. Chelsea Green uh, provided a distraction for Piper Niven to pick up the W. Post match, Tegan Knox makes the save as you know they do a two on one beatdown. Both Chelsea Green and Piper Niven uh, during the matchup, uh, she makes the save. Tegan Knox makes the save, and both women retreat up the rampway. Fucking redundant, nonsensical garbage <laughs> for these women once again. I mean, guys, and I'll be honest with, and this was fucking, guys, this was hilarious. I don't know if I, I literally just, put, I literally just put this up on our, on our, our, on our Instagram page, as well as our Facebook page not too long ago. Guys, there, I don't know if anybody caught this or not. Maybe most of you have, but Natalia goes to the ring and she's about, and she's taking off of her. I think, I think it's like, it's, it's like a shtick that her, her uncle Brett would do would take off sunglasses and, and give it to a kid or a young fan. And there's another kid, like another, like a, like an eight year old, uh, an eight year old boy or something like that. Or he's got like glasses and whatever. And like, he grabs and hugs Natalia. Like she's looking up at her. Like she, like, I mean, like in her booyaka booyakas, her hayadoans are straight in her face or straight in his face. And he's just like, just looking up. <laughs> it's just, guys, go back and watch it. He, he, like, he hugs, he hugs her as she, as Natalia's giving her these glasses. And then as she goes to walk away, <laughs> she grabs her left hand. <laughs> like, 
It was, bro, it was fucking hysterical. I listen. It got a pop out of me. That was just fucking, that was just hilarious. That was probably that, like, that's, guys, that's where I'm at when it comes to reviewing. I get more entertained by, by a fan grabbing Natalia's how you doing versus freaking this match itself. You know, that, that fan grabbed, he, he legit grabbed onto one of Natty's Nighthearts. No, nothing. Okay, <laughs> let let me let me move on because we're 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 going off the rails here with this review. Look, I just guys, I don't know. Like, what are we doing here? Is Tegan Knox and Natalia what? Are they going to form a tag team? Are they going to go after tag gold? And and, and they're going to win tag titles within the next two to three weeks. Fucking watch, watch, because that's how much Triple H gives a shit about this women's tag division as well as this women's division as a whole. To where you have all of these four women in a segment and nobody can bother to give a fuck about. I, I mean, it, it's, it's, it sucks. <laughs> like, and that's what I mean about Tegan Knox not too long ago, you know, facing Becky Lynch in a match for the NXT Women's Championship. I'm like, okay, what is this really doing for Tegan Knox? Is this just, we're elevating her in a match with Becky and then just throwing her in with, with Natalia to eventually, what, win tag championships? Guys, what the fuck, bro? Like, that, that's just, it's, it's fucking, it's so fucking weird how we just put no stock in, I mean, we talk about AEW and how badly they booked their women's division. WWE under Triple H, Paul Levesque is just that bad, bro. It is, it's, it's that fucking horrible. Um, you know, maybe Jade Cargill coming on board changes that a little bit. Who freaking knows? But I, I mean, guys, I mean, not even Rhea Ripley. I mean, and we're going to get to Rhea Ripley. I mean, guys, everything that Rhea Ripley's done since she's won that championship, let's be honest, her title reign has really not been that memorable it, outside of her winning the championship against Charlotte Flair. And that's been her best match since she's won that fucking championship. And we're going to, like I said, we're going to get to Rhea Ripley in just a second here in, in, in hour number two. But guys, man, like, this women's division, I sound like a broken record when I talk about this stuff, man, but this women's division cannot feel any more unimportant than they do now. Like Piper Niven, Chelsea Green, who like guys is so, is so good in this character that she's got rocking with right now. The problem is she's not involved in anything important. She has a tag partner that just came up to her one day and said, I'm your new tag partner. I'm your new champion. That's the create <laughs> that that's, that's what we have for this women's division creatively is we pluck Piper Niven out of obscurity to give her a championship and just expect people to fucking care in the most random fucking way possible. So, and, and, and now Natalia and Tegan Knox is just going to make the tag division, the women's division that much that much better, man. Almost an hour into the show. Like, what about this show as a season premiere? Nothing. <laughs> I see the same shit that I've been reviewing over the last several freaking months. Just being honest with everybody. Up next, man, we go into our number two. Seth Rollins. Uh, he hits the ring to start our number two. Um, he calls out Drew McIntyre. Uh, you know, he calls him out with his actions as of late. He's very confused. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, you know, one moment you're you want a title match, you're buddy buddy with me, 
and, and now you, you know you you don't help me out with Damian Priest, and now you're helping me out throwing the briefcase last week up the rampway. What's going on, dude? I need answers. And Drew McIntyre, he makes his way to the ring. This was actually a decent little back and forth here. Drew McIntyre, the Drew McIntyre was actually freaking on his A game last night. Um, you know, freaking Seth Rollins is showing footage of Drew McIntyre and Rhea Ripley talking. So he's got suspicion that, you know, him and the Judgment Day are doing business or whatever. And freaking Drew's like, listen, it's 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 none of your damn freaking business. And Rhea Ripley came to me, right? That's number one. Number two, it's none of your damn freaking business. Um, and then, you know, Drew McIntyre goes along with saying, like, you know, listen, you know, freaking talking about the bloodline and listen, you know, you you don't know, you don't understand what, what I'm going through, you know, freaking with this whole Jey Uso stuff, right, in the bloodline, like, I don't want to get screwed over. And now I don't want to do the same shit here with the Judgment Day, right? And, you know, Seth Rollins is just like, dude, with this whole bloodline shift, you know, you just, you got to get over it. You know, Seth Rollins just tells him in his face like he's, that he's got to get over it. You know, and Drew McIntyre, you know, he continues to mention the bloodline. Oh, I'm sorry that this is this. That's the same faction that's cost me the WWE championship back at Clash of the Castle. So I'm sorry that I'm not easily forgiven, like, you know, how other people are so forgiven over Jey Uso or whatever the hell. Right. So and then Drew McIntyre says a says a quote. I don't have it in my notes. He's like, listen, you know, the first time I struck lightning in a bottle. Right. The second time I got screwed over. However, this third time, when I take that championship away, you're going to have to think long and hard for you to reinvent yourself again. <laughs> that's that's Drew McIntyre. And I quote, I'm going to get to that quote in just a second. He also said a similar quote, which I'm going to get to as well, um, about Seth Rollins and, and, and his theme song. Right. He's like, listen, I can bring back another fame, a, 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 a famous theme song, but I'm not going to use that as a crutch. You know, he talked about using the theme song as a crutch, and I'm going to get to that in relations with Seth Rollins. Um, you know, so so freaking Drew McIntyre's. Listen, when I take that championship from you, you're going to have to think long and hard uh, if you know to reinvent yourself again for the thirtieth some odd time. And Rollins says, like, listen, man, you know, freaking, you know, listen, dude, you pointing the finger, bro, and making excuses, it's not going to get you anywhere. However, dude, like when I beat you at Crown Jewel, it's going to be the best. It's going to be the best thing that's ever happened in your life because for the first time you're going to have nobody to blame but yourself in the segment end. So, hey, decent segment, man. It was a decent little back and forth. I still don't – I'm still not with this whole tweener shtick here with, with Drew McIntyre. I, I still stand by the fact that this dude should have been a heel from the jump. This dude, as soon as he returned, he should have all this steam and momentum right now. Instead, as soon as he came back, he messed with – with Gunther as a face, the same predicament or the same shtick that he was in before he came back. And then you have him tussle with Matt Riddle before he got released, right, in the New Day. And it's just like his stock has completely plummeted. And his momentum coming back has completely plummeted to where now, now you want us to just forget all of that and say like, oh, well, now, okay, now he's going to freaking, bro, the, the timing was at freaking Money in the Bank, bro. You know, can it still be somewhat cool? Sure, but we could be doing this so much better. However, let me get to these two quotes from from Drew McIntyre before we move on further into the second hour. You know, for the first the first quote was, you know, using the theme song as a crutch, right? His old though, I'm, I, I could use an old theme song that was once popular, but guess what? I'm not going to use that as a crutch. You know, kind of similar to Seth Rollins and how for the longest time, man, I've spoken about Seth. And as much as I like Seth, 
as much as I think Seth Rollins is a tremendous talent, right? This character, this character for weeks and freaking months has been no better, no freaking better than all of the previous characters that he has been his entire career. That includes the authority character. That includes the freaking babyface character when he was the IC champion not too long ago. That includes even with the freaking shield, right? All of these different characters, even shoot, even the Joker type of shtick that he just did not too long ago with, 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 with Cody Rhodes as well as Edge, right? Ten times better than what he's doing now with this. It's just like th that whole Joker persona has kind of gone away. It's now he's just a baby face version of Seth Rollins wearing all these crazy outfits and still having a weird fucking laugh. You know, guys, and I'm telling you right now, and, and, and you can disagree all you want, and that's totally fine. But I want you to think long and hard about this. If you take away that theme song from Seth Rollins, and I understand to have to, to, to get over with fans, right? It's just, you know, you have to have a good theme song. As soon as your music hits, man, you got to captivate motherfuckers. And that's kind of the era of professional wrestling that we're in, right? As long as you can get a theme song that everybody can just sing to, boom, you're fucking over. But outs, but but with Seth Rollins, if you take away that theme song, that chant, or whatever the fuck you want to call it, if you take away that, what does Seth Rollins have? The answer is nothing, right? We know we know that he has, we know that he has the the in ring ability. We know that he's a good talent, but the character outside of the song, there is nothing, guys. Nothing at all. I've said it from day freaking one. And everything that Drew McIntyre said in that freaking promo, as good as it was, and as believable as he was, he was freaking spot on in regards to using that, using a theme song as a crutch. It's one thing to have badass theme music, but it's one thing to use it as a crutch. Similar like I talk about DIY, them forming, and we're going to get to DIY as well. Them forming the team is just a freaking crutch because this company has done nothing with Johnny Gargano nor Tommaso Ciampa to, 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 to be over with the fans. And you're using that as a crutch. The reason why, guys, that he's main eventing all of these pay-per-views is because Roman Reigns has this part-time schedule and he's not on these fucking shows. That's freaking why, you know, he's putting all these great technical wrestling matches but the end of these matches, they just end stale. They don't really lead to anything. And when they do lead to something, it, it's not that it, it's not that captivating. It's not that memorable. You know, it, it's just that that's just and that's just the reality. So people, you may like the theme song personally. You think it's catchy, but that's great for you. But ask yourself this outside of that theme song. What does Seth Rollins have character wise? The answer is nothing. Not saying that he's not a good talent, not saying that he's not a good performer. I'm just saying that the character that he has right now, outside of that theme song, there is nothing that you can connect to Seth Rollins with. That is the fucking truth, and that is the fucking reality. And that's it, you know? And I like Seth Rollins, and I like the fact, you know, and he made the other, uh, Drew McIntyre made the other statement about, you know, reinventing yourself, you know, for like how many times Seth Rollins has reinvents himself. Now, there's a positive and a negative negative to that, right? The positive is this: Seth Rollins, and this is why I truly like Seth Rollins, is that you know the whole the whole you know shtick of reinventing yourself. 
that just shows me that you care, right? A lot of people that reinvent themselves, people like Bray Wyatt, people like Chris Jericho, people like Mick Foley that reinvent themselves. That shows me that they care and they want to evolve their character to connect to a fan base. So to that degree, I give all the respect and, and, and the praise to Seth Rollins for wanting to continue to evolve his character work. But when you do it so many times, right? I mean, this dude's been a messiah. This dude's been a freaking architect. This dude has been a freaking <laughs> a, a joker clown, like, like everything underneath the sun, you know? And, and that's, you know, there's a difference between reinventing yourself and struggling to try to really find that connection, you know, freaking Becky Lynch is freaking wife. You know, he, you know, she has a, a theme song that's catchy that, you know, mostly that most fans like to sing to every now and then. So Seth Rollins like bingo, that's how I get over. I just have a catchy theme song. You know, Seth, you know, Sami Zayn has his Cody Rhodes has the whoa freaking Chris Jericho over at AEW as Judas. You know, so that's and that's just professionally wrestling nowadays. The reason why, guys, I can't get on board with the theme song is because it's just it takes several fucking minutes. Right. It's one thing for like a couple seconds. Right. Or maybe 60 seconds. But for several fucking minutes, all you hear is, whoa, it gets nauseating, bro, to where I want to ram my head through a fucking cement wall. <laughs> you know, but uh, but people seem to enjoy it, and that's and and good for them. But outside of that theme song, man, everything about Seth Rollins's character, there is nothing to latch onto. He's just Seth Rollins when he was going after the United States Championship. It's I mean, guys, it's no different, you know. And that's and that's just that's just the reality, bro. And that's why I, I just haven't been able to get on board with Seth for the longest time when it comes to this character. As a heel against against Cody and Edge, freaking spot on. But now turning into this face to where like he does these heel, he's been doing heel tactics. That's kind of gotten away now a little bit now. But but the goof, but the goofy clothes and the laugh, it's just it it just doesn't. It's just it's just not it. <laughs> It's just, it's just not, um, you know, and listen, he's putting on good wrestling matches because that's all this freaking wrestling industry just loves to latch onto is just great wrestling matches and his work ethic, the work ethic and the mutual respect. That's all that freaking professional wrestling is, you know, and it's just, you know, can we be doing better with Seth Rollins to give him a really true deep connection with fans, not just the theme song. Because that's all Seth Rollins has, bro. You take away that theme song and the motherfucker doesn't have anything. That's just the reality. So, but look, overall, man, um, decent segment for what this was. Um, decent back and forth. I don't really think it progressed me to say, oh, wow, like I need to, I need to see this match now between Drew and Seth. I'm not going to go that far. I don't really think it progressed any more than it did going into it. But it was solid for what it was. True McIntyre was solid in this promo. And listen, it was, you know, golf clap, decent. That, that's all I can really, that's all I can really say at the end of the day. I just wish that we could just be doing better, man. There's 10, there are many ways you could be doing this freaking better for Drew, you know, and, and he's going to continue to play this tweener shtick. God knows fucking how long. <laughs> so, 
you know, I, I, I'll give it a chance to see where it goes. You guys know me, man. I'll always give stuff a chance to see where it leads up to. But I'm telling you, man, if this does not, if this doesn't lead to something epic, something great, something captivating, something memorable, then that's what I'm going to say. I told you so. But hopefully, again, but hopefully I'm wrong. I don't want to be right. <laughs> you know, some most of the time I am, but hope, but most of the time I don't want to be. I just just want to make that clear as well. So we, we, we shall see where this goes going closer into Crown Jewel. Um, up next, we have Johnny Gargano versus Ludwig Kaiser. Uh, Ludwig Kaiser uh, wins this match via a square hammer DDT. Uh, Vinci got involved. He raked the eyes, and Ludwig Kaiser took advantage and won the match via that DDT, defeating Johnny Gargano. That's all I have, guys. So Johnny Gargano, boom, comes back, no reaction. Right, comes back a couple weeks ago. DIY, nobody fucking knows who even Johnny Gargano is, right? Or nobody wants to give a shit about him because you didn't book him properly in the first place. Same goes for Tommaso Ciampa. And the very first match, he comes back and he fucking loses. Awesome. Fucking great. And listen, I get it, man. Ludwig Kaiser, he's a decent talent. But guys, this is Johnny freaking Gargano. Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling from NXT, bro. I understand Ludwig Kaiser is a decent talent. And it seems like, you know, he, he, he's, he's continuing to evolve in his shtick with, with Gunther and Imperium. But, but guys, man, this is Johnny Gargano's first match back and he's fucking losing. I don't understand why nobody has a fucking problem with that. It doesn't make any, and it was less than five minutes and, and, and Gargano's on his back looking up at the lights, but guys, it will, oh, but it was a distraction though, James guys, it was his, the, it was the first match, right? I understand the distraction. I get it, but it's his first match back. He should be winning matches, making fans like, oh, this dude's a big deal because he's a winner. <laughs> Come on, man. I get it. The distraction. I get that to an extent, man. But for Johnny Gargano's first match back, the dude should be fucking winning a match, right? He comes back in a dark, in a, not, not a dark match. What was it? A live event against Omos and he freaking lost. I, I mean, I don't understand what, what, how this is making me or any other casual fan to say, man, can't wait to see where DIY goes from here. Just, it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> Moving on. Becky Lynch, uh, she runs into Rhea Ripley backstage. Um, I think she got she was in a conversation with Adam Pierce or something uh, something like that. I'm not sure. Um, and she runs into uh, Rhea, Rip, yeah, Rhea Ripley backstage. Actually, no, she came across. I believe it was Indy Hartwell. Yes, it was Indy. It was Indy Hartwell backstage as she demanded a title match. Um, an NXT women's title match for next week or at some point. I don't fucking know. Indy Hartwell for the NXT. Think about that, guys. Main roster talents are trying to get, are, are desperately trying to get a crack at an NXT championship. An NXT championship. <laughs> guys, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't there women's championships on the main roster? Like, this is what I don't get about Becky Lynch holding on to a, a, a championship, an NXT championship. 
a championship that should be on fucking NXT that doesn't do anything for the rest of these women on NXT. And Indy Hartwell is going to win a match. And guys, here's what's also fucking baffling. And this is and this is where I get into actual NXT talk, at least for at least as of right now, for the time being. There was a match I want to say two weeks ago. It was Valkyria versus Indy Hartwell and somebody else that I'm forgetting. I think it was Roxanne Perez. And Valkyria won this match, right? V- Valkyria won that freaking matchup for for the women. Right, she she won she won that matchup for the women in a in a triple in a triple threat match. So so let so let me get this straight. She Valkyria pins Indy Hartwell in a number one contenders match for for Halloween Havoc, right? Because that that was the stipulation. It's a number one contenders match. They have a I think Halloween Havoc is tonight. For that said championship. And now Becky Lynch on Raw. The day before Halloween Havoc. Is now giving Indy Hartwell a title opportunity. Or. Guys. What the fuck are we doing here? Like tell me. You don't give a shit. Without telling me. You don't give a shit. You gave Indy Hartwell that championship opportunity. Why is now she granted another opportunity on the main roster? Nothing makes sense, bro. Like, what are we fucking doing? Oh my god, man! I just, I, I just, I had to bring that up, man. But anyway, Rhea Ripley, um, she came face to face with Becky Lynch. She gives like, she gives like a little smug look and walks off. So, you know, and we've seen these looks uh, or these exchanges backstage between Becky and Rhea before. Seems like they're going to be at some point, man, you're going to see Rhea and Becky at some point in the future. Uh, are they going to save that for Mania maybe when she, when whenever Becky Lynch does drop this title? Is that what's what's the plan or the end goal? Who who freaking knows? Um, you know, has all the potential in the freaking world. So, I would I would love to see it if it's done properly. So we'll see when the time comes. But uh, speaking of Rhea Ripley, she's in a matchup with Shayna Baszler um, as Raquel Rodriguez and Nia Jax. They both get involved. They brawl with each other at ringside. Zoe Starks joins the party. She just jumps. She just leaps from the barricade through the crowd onto onto Nia Jax. Zoe Starks gets involved into the matchup, forcing a DQ. Rhea and Nia Jax come face to face. You know, Starks then gets involved. She super kicks Nia Jax, followed by a headbutt from Rhea Ripley. Rhea picks up Nia Jax, followed by a drop kick from Zoe Stark. So that drops Rhea Ripley while she's holding on to Nia Jax. So Nia Jax just squashes her as Starks is drop kicking her, um, drop kicking Nia Jax onto Rhea Ripley. Hopefully, you can, <laughs> hopefully, that image. Is painted well enough there. Um, Nia Jax retreats up the rampway, and Zoe Stark stands tall. As backstage, Adam Pierce makes it official. It's going to be a women's five-way match at Crown Jewel. You have Rhea Ripley, your champion, versus Shayna Baszler, versus Raquel Rodriguez, versus Zoe Starks, versus Shayna Baszler in a women's five-way match. Guys, I said I said this not too long ago, bro. Like Shayna Baszler and Zoe Starks, 
right? I'm, th- those are the two as of right now. Nia Jax just came back, and, and she's already involved in this title. Now, you knew that this was coming at some point. I'm not shocked that, it, that, it's, that it's here now, right? We knew eventually that Nia Jax was going to be in this predicament with Rhea for this said title. But you also probably knew that they were going to add another body or two. They added three more fucking bodies to this bitch. I mean, you got freaking Shayna, freaking Raquel, and freaking Zoe starts. Think about that for a second, guys. Shayna Baszler, that's the first name. As much as I love Shayna Baszler, what the fuck has Shayna Baszler done? She just, uh, what, what has she done to get to, to earn a fucking title match? She hasn't done anything booking wise for, for us to like, I'm a fan, right? I want you to make me believe that a, a woman like Shayna Baszler with how she has been booked. Oh yeah. It would be believable for her to be in a title opportunity. Nothing about her for weeks and months on end screams. Yeah. Her in a title match. That's believable. Same goes for Zoe Starks. What the fuck has she done? Right? She took out Trish Stratus and then she she got squashed by Nia. Right? She's not even fully over with this crowd or connected to this crowd to be even involved in a title picture to begin with, man. Same goes for Shayna Baszler, because you booked her so fucking poorly. You've ruined fucking Zoe Stark's momentum after she turned on Trish Stratus. And now and Raquel Rodriguez who's fought for this title twice and she's fighting for it again with three other freaking women or four, excuse me, four other women. It, like, what the fuck are we doing? This is the definition guys of this company, triple H Paul Levesque, not knowing what to do with his women's division. The answer is to just throw all of your women, your main, your, your main freaking stars your top stars your powerhouses whatever the fuck you want to call them into one match because you don't have anything else for anybody else man i am so glad that that freaking endeavor has so much confidence and and is so on board with triple h having full creative control freaking love it right <laughs> you it's just my god what are we doing here, bro? You're throwing all of your women out there for, for A, they're not they're not connected to any fan base to be even involved in a title match. And, and and B, it's not believable. Right? Raquel just lost twice. How is she getting another fucking opportunity? Shayna Baszler and Zoe Starks, like they haven't their booking as of such has not has not told you that they even deserve or have earned this opportunity, booking-wise, how they've gotten up to this point. Guys, it may sound that I'm being negative. It's just the fucking reality. It's just the truth. Like, I don't know what you want me to say here. You know? And like Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler, like, it sounds badass. I wanted to get on board with this, but I knew what this was leading to. You knew these women were going to get involved. You knew a DQ was going to be forced. And you knew a freaking schmozzery circus fest was going to be formed at Crown Jewel. You fucking knew it. There was nothing surprising here, man. And there's nothing that I can give two fucking shits about. I'm sorry. Because it's just because it's a circus. Everybody's just thrown out there in one segment. And that's that's all it is, bro. With no care and no creativity and nothing that's just fun. There's nothing fun at all.
you know? And if you think it's fun, that's freaking great. But you can't tell me that we could, we couldn't be doing 10 times better for these women. We couldn't be booking these women better leading into this said title match. You know, like I said last week, bro, never apologize for having standards and never be afraid to fucking raise them. And that's it. Um, moving on, uh, Becky Lynch is backstage again with Adam Pierce. Zia Lee, freaking so good to see Zia Lee. Zia Lee is once again, now she's also, also asking for an NXT title match. And she walks off, like she said something along the lines of, oh, but it's on my time or whatever. And uh, Jade Cardgill uh, enters the fray. She comes face to face with Becky. Um, so, I'm, so I'm telling you, man. So they're, they're planting seeds, it seems like, of potential, potential feuds and matches for Jade Cardgill in the future. And it seems like with Becky, maybe Becky, since, you know, Jade Cardgill is a Raw superstar, Seems like Becky Lynch is the most realistic, at least the most recent realistic uh, um, feud in, in the near future for her. And then, you know, possibly with Charlotte Flair, she was face to face with Charlotte Flair not too long ago. So, you know, man, look, I, I, I truly hope, man, that they book Jade Cargill a certain type of way. It seems like there is a lot of stock and effort into her. I mean, right out of the gate, she's face to face with Becky and Charlotte. So that shows you how they they want you to feel about her. So I, I just I just hope it works out, man. I just hope I hope they know what they're doing, and I hope it truly works out. And listen, more props to Jade Cargill for betting on herself because I mean I'll tell you, man, she feels like a bigger star than she ever was in AEW. That's no shade to AEW. That's just that's just the freaking fact. And I hope it continues that way. I truly do. And as and in regards to this freaking. Th this this freaking NXT title, like why why are they treating this NXT Women's Championship like it's one of the main roster women's titles? Like does does Triple H and Paul Levesque do, do, does do they not know Triple H and, and suits and ties? Do they not know that that there there are women's championships on the main roster just to have a good match with Becky Lynch and fucking lose? God, like we I feel like we've just been doing that with fucking everybody. It doesn't make it doesn't make fucking sense to have an NXT championship on fucking Monday Night Raw. It's just it's so fucking bizarre. So 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 freaking so Indy Hartwell, who again lost a number one contenders match, but yet she's getting an opportunity for the fucking title. Somebody makes sense of that. You have Zia Lee. You have all these women wanting an NXT championship. That's like a freaking, I want to go after the third place trophy, right? I want to settle for a third place trophy instead of the second and first place trophy. That's what it is. It, it like, guys, it, it's just, we're, we're <laughs> Becky's and this company, they're elevating this NXT title that's not even on NXT. And you're not even doing, and you're not having the same energy. You're not having the same care for your, for, for your other women's titles. It's it just, it's so fucking odd. Like how everybody just wants a, an NXT developmental championship. Like what, what the fuck? That's weird. Zia Lee wants a shot. Indy Hartlow, Indy Hartlow wants a shot. Freaking Tegan Knox had a shot. Natalia had a freaking shot. Who the fuck is next? 
And we're going to repeat this vicious cycle. And Becky Lynch is what? Just going to beat all of them and say that it did wonders for them. And it's and then down the road, they're going to be obscurity for the next two to three weeks. Like, guys, what are we doing here, man? What are we doing? I, I just, it's so, I, I don't even know. Enough of that. <laughs> I've said my piece. I'm moving on. Um. Up next, man, Gunther versus Bronson Reed for the Intercontinental Championship. This Intercontinental title match between Gunther and Bronson was legit the only most memorable, most entertaining part of the show. And that's like legit just the reality. <laughs> now, there is a negative to this, and I'm going to get that in just a second. Uh, but look, man, this was a really fun, entertaining match for what this was. Similar to Shinsuke and Ricochet earlier, but this was uh, just fucking tenfold. Um, as Gunther freaking wins this match via Gunther powerbomb, retaining his IC championship. So Gunther with another uh, solid title defense over Bronson Reed. Now, Bronson Reed didn't really lose anything from this. However, I don't understand, guys, the logic of putting Bronson Reed a heel, right? A, a, a heel that's no, a heel that is freaking is still not fully connected with the audience. You've done nothing with Bronson Reed. He, he just feels like another guy on the roster, right? And he goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with Gunther, right? Which was a solid match. I'm not saying he it, it did any harm to him, but could we have done better for Bronson Reed leading up into this said match? So now Bronson Reed, you build him up or semi-build him up, whatever, however logic you want to spew that. But Bronson Reed loses this match. Now where the fuck does he go from here? A heel just out-heeled the other. And 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 for Bronson Reed's his his trajectory, man, it's just like this dude is still not fully connected with with, with an audience. It, they're just not right. And here's the thing: when it comes to when it comes to WWE and their audiences, majority of them guys, the majority of these audience that that attend these events, majority of them are casual fans. I, I hope everybody realizes that. So all of these tickets that WWE is selling out. Majority of them are casual fans, right? So for, for, you know, and that's why I emphasize a lot, man, about casual fans. You got to get people to be captivated by these fucking people. Back in the day, right? When you were in a championship match, like that's when you had all the momentum in the world, right? You were, it was at a, it was, it was only a matter of time for this person to get a said match because of how over this guy was. And I mean, over Bronson Reed guys is the complete fucking opposite of that. I'm sorry. You know, Bronson Reed, he doesn't, listen, I'm going to be honest. He doesn't do anything for me. He's a big dude. I love the tsunami shtick with Wade Barrett. That does add a good level to his character. I will, I will give him that. But outside of that, man, Bronson Reed has not been involved in anything ever since he's been involved on the main roster, right? They gave him a winning streak, which again is good. But outside of that, there's nothing. There's nothing for you to connect with Bronson Reed to. And he hasn't been booked properly to take this certain type of L in a, t in a title match. He, j he just hasn't been. And it doesn't help the fact that he's already a heel. Oh, but James, but they're going to turn him face after that. Why would you turn someone face if they're not, if they're not even over as a heel? What, what, what the fuck sense does that make? You're going to be in the same fucking, you're going to be in the same problem that you were when he was a freaking heel. It, it like, guys, like we got, you gotta be smart. We gotta be smart about this shit, bro. You know? is giving Bronson Reed or anybody else a title match is that is, is that setting putting someone in a title match like Bronson Reed is that truly helping them 
you just we got to think about this stuff, man. You know. But look, entertaining match. It was it was damn freaking solid. Okay, I just don't understand long term what this is doing for Bronson Reed. We're thrusting him in a title match, and then he loses. Now, 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 what? You know, same with Ricochet. Same with Shinsuke Nakamura. He beats Ricochet in a false count anywhere. Okay, good match. It was entertaining. Now what? You know, he lost the World Heavyweight Championship, and now he's beating Ricochet again for the ten thousandth time. Now what? You know, that's again just not not trying to be harsh. It's just the reality of it. Anyway, uh, moving on, man. Moving on. Uh, there was also like so, there was a comedy shtick with freaking with, with Alpha Academy. It's legit, like Vince McMahon. I'm talking Vince McMahon comedy type shit, where it's the most PG, most cheesiest, cringiest fucking shit ever. Listen, I like Alpha Academy, and then and I and I like to the new day at at, at some point or down in their past. They, they, they had their moments, right? But I mean, you have Alpha Academy do like aerobics or whatever the fuck. Akira Tozawa is back there. So you thought him being a ninja was bad. Now he's aerobics Tozawa doing aerobic exercises. I, I mean, look, man, I get it. If you got a good laugh, that's, that's great, man. But just, you know, let, let's keep in mind, though, guys, Tozawa is a really good professional wrestler. This dude is more than just a fucking comedy act. Like, he's more than just a fucking clown because that's what Triple H, Paul Levesque, sees him as every single week. Triple H says he goes to Vince McMahon for advice. So I, I don't know what... So when I came across this segment, I'm like, wow. Like, I, I don't know if this was a phone call to, 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 trip, to, to, to Triple H or Triple H to Vince McMahon and just be like, hey, you know, uh, what What should I do with uh, with Alpha Academy? You should you should put him in an aerobic exercise. Yeah, get, get him to work out. Matter of fact, put, put Tazawa in there. Yeah. He looks like a doofus. I love it. He's a clown. Yeah. Do it, do it or you're fired. <laughs> right? Freaking do it, you doofus, son-in-law. <laughs> right? That's... That's that's these right? He he admits that guys. He Triple H admits that he that he goes to Vince. He still goes to Vince McMahon for advice. So they're they're two peas in a pod, bro. That's why I blame both of them, dude. E, both are just to blame for this fucking garbage that we see on on television. So, but anyway, moving on. Um, and there was also backstage segments where um, Adam Pierce made the women's. Uh, Fatal five-way match official with Rhea Ripley backstage. And then we get to the main event. We get to this freaking main event. Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso versus The Judgment Day for the undisputed WWE tag titles. Dominic Mysterio's at ringside. He gets involved. He's on the ring apron. Sami Zayn evens up the odds. He runs down the rampway, taking out Dominic Mysterio. Damian Priest low blows Cody Rhodes. Uh, low blows Cody Rhodes. Is that <laughs> that came out weird? He low he he low blows Cody um, outside of the ring, and he hits a razor's edge through the announce table. Jay Uso hits hits uh, Finn Balor with a spear plus to Damian Priest. He goes to the top rope for the Uso splash, and his brother Jimmy Uso super kicks Jay. The referee never sees it. Uh, Balor then hits a Coupe de Gras from the top rope onto Jey Uso and the Judgment Day are legit guys. I'm not even fucking kidding. Are your new WWE undisputed 
tag team champions. They celebrate at the rampway. Jimmy Uso's through the crowd, smiling and smirking. And Monday Night Raw goes off the air. Oh, boy. I mean, what? <laughs> you gotta, you gotta love, you gotta love when titles are just being flip-flopped, man. I, I mean, holy, holy fuck. I, I mean, guys, so what the fuck was the point of Vaseline? What was the point? What was all of this for? For Jey Uso and and Cody Rhodes to win these titles for not even 10 days later, because that's how long they've held these titles now, for 10 days later, just to give them back to the Judgment Day. What was it all for? And you honestly know what it's for? To have these matches over and over and over and over again. Because I'm telling you right the fuck now, you are going to get, guys, the Judgment Day, Cody Rhodes, Jey Uso. You'll sprinkle in a Sami Zayn and a Dominic Mysterio in there. You are going to get all of them in the same match yet again. Because that's all that Triple H knows how to do. It is the vicious freaking cycle on this show. That's all we fucking do. There is nothing about this show, guys, that was a season premiere, nothing that was new, nothing that was fresh. It's the same nonsensical, redundant shit that we've seen from Sami Zayn, The Judgment Day, Cody Rhodes, and now Jay Uso is inserted into it. You take out a Kevin Owens, and now Jay Uso is inserted. Nothing is fucking different. It is the exact same thing and we and on top of all of that we play hot potato with these fucking titles it is absolutely ridiculous you know i said this before and i'm going to say this again it's one thing to try to to make these characters prestigious it's one thing to make these wrestlers feel a certain type of way but we gotta start doing it for these titles the women's title these tag titles the women's tag titles, none of these titles, guys, feel important, nor do these titles have any prestige whatsoever. None of them. None. They are nothing but a prop. That's what these titles feel like. They are a bag of Skittles. Here, do you want a title match? You want, you want, you want a title reign? Oh, here you go. Just here. Oh, then here. Whoa, you're going to give me another title reign? You're going to give me this Snickers bar? Oh, cool. I'll give you back. It's like fucking Halloween. It's like going to, it's like going door to door. Trick or treat. I want a title match. Oh, you want a title reign? Here you go. I want another title reign. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. That's what, that's what it is, bro. It's fucking pathetic. And it's just, I have no words, bro. And I'm going to end it with this. Look, I've said a lot of great things about the Judgment Day. I really have. The Judgment Day, ever since they started with with Finn Balor, Dominic, Damian Priest, all of them, right? When Edge departed from that group. Guys, the Judgment Day is fucking, is just stale. Their act is fucking awful. I, I mean, I, I don't understand, like, n nothing about the Judgment Day and what they're doing is, is fun. N n nothing about the Judgment Day 
and what they're doing is progressing. They have all these titles, like Dominic lost his title. He got it right back. Finn and Damian Priest lost their titles. They got it freaking right back. Their act is fucking awful, right? It, it's just, and not only are they doing it on Raw, they're doing it on SmackDown. They're doing it on NXT. Like, it, it's just, it's stale because all they're doing is the same thing. Their act is stale and it's at to a point where it is nauseating to even watch this fucking group enter, like just enter the fucking the arena and and come onto your television screen. It's that bad. Like, and listen, I like the Judgment Day, I truly do, but it's at a point to where like, like I'm done. Like, I, I'm I'm done with this group, bro. E either e either they. Either they get out of this redundant, vicious cycle or, 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 or like this is by the time they do officially break up, who's going to give a fuck? Nobody. They're just going to you know what people are going to say. They're going to say, thank God. <laughs> They're going to just say, thank God, because their act has been awful. You know, they've been, a, they've enlisted. They've had their moments. I'm not saying they haven't, but with Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Jay Uso, and now you enter a Cody Rhodes in the fray. It has been nothing but the same redundant, vicious cycle that doesn't get any better nor have any progression. The Judgment Day is fucking stale and their act over the past several weeks and months has been awful. You take out this whole JD shtick, which I don't know, could that be a saving grace? I freaking hope so. But outside of that, their act has been horrible and their act is fucking stale. That's just the truth. And it's not making Monday Night Raw any better. And you're overly exposing this group by doing it, by doing the same thing on SmackDown, doing the same thing on NXT. It's just enough. And on a weekly basis on Raw, enough. Listen, man, you know, again, I said it last week and I said it at the start of the show not too long ago. Never apologize for having standards. Never apologize as a fan for wanting to see this crap get better. And never, ever be afraid to raise them. And that's it, man. That's your Monday Night Raw review. So look, man, Monday Night or SmackDown, I should say. SmackDown, their season premiere, solid, decent. There's a conversation. Monday Night Raw, Outside of Drew McIntyre's promo and for what it was between Gunther and Bronson Reed. Little bit of moments with Shinsuke and Ricochet. Outside of that, nothing. You got nothing from this, from, from this show. A absolutely nothing. And no excitement going into, going into next week. There's nothing truly progressed in this show. Outside of maybe Drew and Seth, maybe because of how well that that back and forth, that face to face was done. Maybe, maybe I'm being very generous when I say that outside of that season premiere, my fucking ass. This was nothing of a season premiere. It's the same redundant start to the show, the same nonsensical theme song that puts everyone to sleep, the same format, the same shtick, the same everything. Nothing about this show, guys, was new. Nothing about it was a season premiere. 
Nothing that got you excited from start to finish. Nothing. At all. At least you got it with SmackDown. But with Monday Night Raw, it's a fucking wet. It's, it's, a, it's a mess. And that's just the reality. Thank you guys once again for tuning into this Monday Night Raw review. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. Make sure you guys stay tuned for more episodes to come. Like I said, man, it seems like you guys enjoy a lot of these WWE reviews. It seems like you guys like that type of stuff. So I want to kind of give you guys more WWE content. Still, we'll be talking about AEW every now and then, um, no doubt. Um, so who knows moving forward when it comes to AEW content. You know, I'm sure, you know, I do want to see where this whole Adam Cole MJF stuff goes um, in regards to full gear. You know, there's, there are some, some stuff in regards to what, what, what AEW has to offer. Of course we got edge on the show. So probably for the most part, what edge and Christian are doing as well as MGF and Adam Cole, those are probably the two main things that are pretty much, at least from my perspective. And I can probably speak for maybe Brian's perspective that are the two most interesting things in, in regards to AEW television. So but make sure you guys stay posted. Make sure you guys stay notified uh, in regards to when our next episode is going to be published out. Um, but yeah, man, you guys stay tuned. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, whether you're on Spotify or Apple Podcast. We appreciate you guys tuning into every single episode, man. But yeah, make sure make sure you guys let us know, you know, what what shows do you guys want to see more of, man? Do you guys want to see more of these WWE SmackDown reviews, these pay-per-view reviews? Do you guys still like the, the AEW reviews? Like, let us know what you guys want, man. You know, it's because of you guys that, you know, me and Brian, we, we develop content for you guys. And the reason why we love publishing content out to you guys, and it's the reason why we've gained so much of a, of a, of a following uh, over the past several over the past several freaking weeks and months since we started this platform, um, as we're getting closer and closer to 1,000, that's right, 1,000 on TikTok. And we are still at 900 semod on Instagram as well. So make sure you guys spread the word, man. Make sure you guys spread the word. Follow both of those platforms as well as our Facebook group as well. Make sure you guys join our Facebook group as well as we got 60 semod members over there as well. So, but thank you guys so much, man. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. And until next time, and there will be a next time, your boy is signing off saying salute, peace out, and take care. Bye. <laughs>